0: Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Yes, is Stripper podcast. On this episode, I'm interviewing Kayla, an old friend of mine, a.k.a. Coco Ono. Kayla and I used to dance with each other at Jumbo's Clown Room, and we met in 2007. And, you know, recording this podcast with her was really fun because we had a chance to go down memory lane and really got an idea, for me anyways, of of how much we've really grown together as human beings, as activists, and as performers. Um, you know, we spent uh, about a decade of our adulthood together in dancing in the same walls together, and and being each other's colleagues and collaborating on shows and performances. And um, you know, it's been a really enriching friendship, and it's just beautiful watching Kayla blossom into this new online territory that we navigate during this um, COVID pandemic. So yeah, I hope that you enjoy listening to us reminiscing about Jumbo's Clown Room and some of Kayla's new adventures. Uh, so let's take a listen, see what she's up to. You guys, today I have such a special guest on Yas, a stripper podcast, and it's a dear old friend of mine, Kayla Coco Ono akira as some akira. might know me as akira yeah i was like how many names should i throw out there on this one yeah <laughs> which one do you want to go by today
1: i'll go by yeah kayla kogo ono oh, akira yeah. is, akira is retired
0: akira is retired
1: she is is tired and she is retired <laughs> And she was only uh, Akira at certain clubs, which are no longer
0: open currently. Yeah.
1: So I feel like I can be more myself.
0: Yeah. That's great. Um, I'm really curious. I've never known exactly what inspired. I mean, I can assume that, um, you know, from john lennon's ex-wife whose name is escaping me because your name is like yoko Ono. yeah yeah but your name is like blah blah i couldn't even it like overshadowed that memory of her name but i'm (laughs) inspired by by that name somehow
1: yeah it it originally kind of started as a a joke some of my friends um just because i i was kind of uh, overusing the name akira um It was a name that was chosen hastily when I first started dancing, which also was started hastily. And I was like, quick, I need a name. I I heard you're supposed to have a stage name. Uh, And I was living with these guys who were uh, anime fans at the time. And I asked them what my name should be. And I was like, can you help me think of a cool, like Asian name? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were like, what about Akira? Even though it's a man's name, yeah, uh, a Japanese man's name. And, you know, it's a famous anime. So I thought, oh, that's cool. And I thought, oh, I'm only going to be dancing for like a few months anyway. So who cares? But, well, you know, a few months turn into 15 years. <laughs> we all know how that goes. <laughs> I literally was like, I'm only going to be at Jumbo's few years
0: tops um right so for for just to give complete context to some listeners um you know Kayla used to work at Jumbo's Clown Room as Akira and that's how we know each other and that's where our history how we became intersected um and yeah you know a lot of us that worked at Jumbo's just stayed for so long. I stayed for 11 and a half years. So long. Which
1: is crazy because we all work, because I worked at Spearmint Runner too, not the one that you worked at, but I worked at the one in Torrance. And it's weird because I'm, oh, you did. Okay. I never worked at any other club is near as long as Jumbos. None of us did. I would work at other clubs, maybe like a year, couple years tops.
0: Why do you think that is? Why do we stay there?
1: I'm still, I'm literally still (laughs) sifting through this question. (laughs) I, I don't know. There's some spirit about that place that it literally, it's like a magnet for like some of the coolest, smartest people, performers that I've ever met to this day, you know? And I don't know. It's like everybody that's drawn to that place that actually stays, there's like some... I don't know. It just feels like family. feels comfortable. It's the only place I've ever worked that I wasn't nervous before I walked on stage. Mm -hmm. Like I was nervous when I auditioned there, but like every other place I was always nervous Mm. and I don't know it was like I could walk the floor and talk to anybody like I never felt uncomfortable there like yeah I, 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 I still can't figure out it's like something that you can't even put in words
0: I know exactly what you mean. And I wonder if it's because like in the Spearmint Rhinos, it's just so corporate. And every time you walked into one, it was like the same exact as the other one. So there's something like kind of almost stale about that. Like it's not special. Mm-hmm. Anymore. And then, um, you know, and there's there's an intimacy factor at Jumbo's Room because, you know, the maximum occupancy is only 80 people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Which sometimes would be more. <laughs>
0: actually all the time (laughs) right actually all the time (laughs) yeah so you know because of that intimacy factor too I think it just creates a really special energy in the room whereas like in the bigger clubs it's like when there's so much space like when there's only 20 people in the room like you can really like that's very distinct it's like empty Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and if there's 20 people in the jumbos it's like not
1: and also there's something about it being like somewhere between cabaret and a strip club. Yeah. So it's like, we didn't take anything off. We made the maximum amount of money for not taking anything off. And it. granted, it wasn't like the kind of money necessarily you would make at Spearmint Rhino. Right. But, but also it was... Sometimes it was.
0: Sometimes. (laughs) And
1: and you would meet amazing people. Like, I have lifelong friends that I've met through Jumbos that I've collaborated with and, like, become really close to. And so it's, like, I never really had that when I worked at Spirit Rhino or, like, you know, Fantasy Island. I didn't have lifelong friends that I met there, you know?
0: Yeah. I did. I had, like, two. Right. But
1: not, like... M- not like 80%.
0: Right. Like at Jumbos, it's like a lot.
1: <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That you talk to like every week
0: <laughs> or daily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is very special. I'm wearing my Jumbos and shirt for the first time. Oh, wow. Probably a year and a half. I don't know. I wouldn't. I didn't wear it for a long time. I wasn't wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, because what I do love most about that place was the dancers, the entertainers from day one till day last Um, Mm -hmm. honestly if it wasn't for those dancers I don't think Mm -hmm. I would continue to show up as often as I did
1: no, me either, it was definitely the dressing room,
0: oh yeah Yeah, like those after parties in the dressing room. Yeah, the best. Just so special, you know, and um, like memories of the 40th anniversary at Jumbo (laughs) Sunroom in the dressing room when there was 20 of us on shift.
1: Yeah, that was insane.
0: Yeah, and just so everyone knows, like 10 of us in there is too much. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, like it's a blur. I only remember that party because I think there's some photos somewhere. But like, yeah, it it's weird. Packed. I was looking for photos for the updated website, and I was like, "Wow, I can't believe all this time has passed. Yeah. <laughs> all these crazy things have happened to all these people." We
0: grew up there in a way, like, yeah, grew up. <laughs> From young adults to actual, real adults. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so grateful to have had that experience with you. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, when, when we watch you at Jumbos and even at other shows, you're a true performance artist, you know, you, you do things way outside of the box. Um, I think one of my favorite performances that you do is um, the Andy Warhol performance where you ignore everybody on stage for the entire set. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, you know, I just want to talk about that. I want to talk about some of your performances and where you get your inspiration from.
1: Um, That one started because Lulu, who was – who worked there for many years and then started the bootleg bombshells. Uh, after uh, Bowie passed away, we did a tribute show and um, I just thought it would be great. I, I, forgot to address the name earlier. Also the Yoko, um, uh, Coco Chanel uh, referencing and marrying the two names. Um, because uh, I was really interested in Yoko like conceptual performance work, and uh, Coco Chanel definitely disrupted um, her time mm-hmm. <laughs> with her fashion sense and her business sense. Um, so that was that backstory. Um, but along the lines of performance art, I uh, thought it would be great to merge um, when David Bowie played Andy Warhol in Basquiat, the Basquiat film. And so I decided to be that character of Bowie. uh, And I danced to um, Bowie's version or Bowie's uh, song, um, Andy Warhol. And I don't know, it just kind of started as like a... funny joke (laughs) it's like oh okay i guess i'm doing this and then i don't know something about putting that wig on just made me want to ignore the audience which is like (laughs) makes them want to get your attention even more (laughs) but i was like i think this is how andy warhol would act um and yet so many people wanted to be around him like he was so fascinating and uh, yeah so I just was like okay what if I just completely embody this character and then I just kept taking it like further and further <laughs> uh, and then actually Nancy had that Prince Bowie burlesque show and I never really
0: Nancy the bartender from Gemma. Nancy
1: the bartender. I never really did so much performance art stuff there. Like it was always like separate, like yeah, Kayla Tangay. Then Akira on stage is like, you know.
0: Definitely, but it bled over. Serious
1: and sexy. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of like tired of just being so separate. So yeah, she started doing those shows. I know you did some of the early ones. Um, and I was still not doing like super weird performance art. But then she's like, Oh, you should bring your uh Andy Warhol act and and then I just started doing stuff like that at Jumbos and then yeah. I was like, Wait, I can literally do whatever I want up here. Yeah. And it's fine. And there's like very few clubs in the world that are like strip clubs, but that you can actually get away with that and people think it's hilarious. Um So, yeah, I think that was, like, that was just, like, so cool to get that response. Because it was, like, I could do that act in Venice, and it would get that response. But I never thought that I could just go on stage and, like, not do anything sexy and still get a good response.
0: Yeah, well, maybe that's another reason why Jumbo's is special is because it is a place. Like, if you think about it, the performers that were there before us are ants. Right, (laughs) Right? Our ancestors, right? They were they they. It was a safe space for them. To it was showcase their random talents, and so that just like lives in the walls of that building. I, I do think
1: so. So I think that, um, yeah, I think it just kind of naturally evolved where they were slowly being pushed out. And I watched that happen. You watched that happen. Yeah. Um, and I always thought that was really sad because some of my first experiences at Jumbos was, you know, Alejandra uh, putting a lit cigarette like in her butt crack, and then making people at the rail like smoke it <laughs> after. <laughs> or, you know, JJ doing just really bizarre stuff like like just staring at the audience with like under the glasses and like taking her bra off just like that's it but keeping her shirt on and then just revealing the bra like it was like, (laughs) Like, i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) yeah like but like really funny and i was like what
0: just like dangling around
1: dangling around i was like Wow, this is such a cool place, well, and okay. people were going nuts.
0: Yeah, people were like going favorites. nuts when um, Holland would wear all red and put lobster claws oh, yeah. on and dance to rock and, and just on. be in a rock and act not like moving. lobster on stage and scurry. She was not scurry,
1: <laughs> and she wouldn't do anything sexy, and people like thought it was the most hilarious thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, uh, it did change a lot. But it's still – there's still um, some – there were still elements of performance art left over, like, um, the manger scene on Christmas Eve and Christmas night.
1: And um, Midnight Mass.
0: Midnight Mass was amazing. Which
1: people, you know, I mean – how many years do we do that? And it was like, never got old. I always thought it was so funny and I was so excited
0: for like five years. And we would, for like five years we would do we do it that. Like three times a week. Sometimes whenever Misty, AKA cat was working, we would, she would dress up as the Pope. So I have to tell everybody what we're talking about. So Please. she would dress up as the Pope and we would dress up as either naughty Catholic school girls or nuns um and then we would we had a bible i think as a prop yeah we had
1: a bible and we had a someone made um out of like an extendable broom right or a swisher or a swiffer or something but then like duct taped to like a bucket.
0: bucket
1: yeah and so then someone would like extend it
0: not just so, someone my friend
1: me it was you often. it was you or uh, mystic page but yeah. I remember it it just kept getting more and more ridiculous. It was like – I think it extended like 10 feet I could to the bathroom the or something. Like so. the
0: corner. Because <laughs> you just take one step over the stage. So I would t- take one step over the railing in my eight-inch heels with this like 10-foot long pole with a bucket at the end of it. And I would dangle it and I would tap it very lightly on their heads. And I would say – But it was literally only
1: you or – page or then there was like one other person but there was only a few people that could actually get away with it
0: oh i did yeah and people
1: would be like people would be thanking you Mm -hmm. for even like passing it by their
0: face oh because it's their tithing it's it's yeah it, it makes them feel good to to give to, to those in need. And so I would, I literally say like, Jesus loves you. It's for Jesus. So yeah. And we made like so much money. It was so fun. And we danced to, um, like a prayer by Madonna. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those were the times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And now we're in completely different times. Um, it's so odd.
1: It's so odd.
0: So odd. It it was odd for me losing that job via my accident. Right. But at least I knew y'all were still there and everything was fine. And now it's even more odd knowing that it's just been shut
1: Mm
0: -hmm. since March. Just Mm -hmm. shut.
1: Yeah. It's going to be – Oh, it is September. It's September. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what day is it? Uh, Yeah. So I know the transition's been rough. Yeah. It it was rough for me. Uh, You know, at first I I just was like, well, I guess I'm retiring. (laughs) Yeah. But that's definitely changed also.
0: <laughs> right, right right um i watched your show last night your sacred wounds show yes yeah we watched it in the backyard there was a group of us oh cool yeah
1: i had some technical difficulties but did you it did it not seem- <laughs> i was at the back freaking out reagan actually sat with us and we did a zoom uh, lesson. Yeah. A Zoom hosting lesson.
0: Reagan from Cyber Clown Girls. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. What did
1: it. you think?
0: I honestly, I didn't notice that many technical difficulties. There was slight sound issues, but it oh, okay. It wasn't enough to be like, "Oh wow, they're really screwing up over here." Like, oh, okay. Like this is incredible. That was oh,
1: okay. Was cool. cool. I'm glad you liked it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. That was like a lot of.
1: I was very impressed. Um, I mean, you know, I've been performing a long time, but I I was still impressed that, like, the performers Wang and I reached out to trusted us to agree to something that was, like, brand new. Do you know what I mean?
0: So I'd really love it if you could just give us the full scope, like, who you did this with, who you asked, why you did it, what was the meaning behind it? Like if you can just give us a synopsis and I'm just going to let you talk.
1: Um, so Wang uh, is a Taiwanese drag king um, and also uh, hosts uh, the Asian Burlesque Extravaganza, which is now a festival. And that's where we met. And I did the Asian burlesque uh, extravaganza from, uh, I did it 2017, 2018, and 2019. And that was a really big turning point for me because I was dreaming of just being bi-coastal and performing in New York. That was like on my bucket list. I was like, and then I was referred to Calamity by Lux Lacroix, who's now the host of um, Bootleg Bombshells. And, uh, And then I did Montreal Burlesque Festival and met Calamity in person there. And she asked me to do the show. And yeah, it was a huge turning point for me. I mean, to perform with an all Asian cast was, you know, after performing for so long, in clubs that were often not diverse to have a show specifically dedicated to um, yeah. And it was like, it it was a space where there was, you know, queer Asian performers. There was male dancers. There was a male pole dancer. um, I mean, just incredible, you know, performers that I, it was like mind blowing to me. Do you know what I mean? To have yeah. this space yeah. that had like all the Asian performers that I never even dreamed existed. Yeah, you didn't even know. Yeah. So it's like I knew they existed, yeah. um, but I didn't realize there was like a whole space right. just for them to be loud <laughs> and proud, right. you know? And that there was an audience for that that was excited to see this kind of camaraderie. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was just like, wow, I, I can't believe like I'm a part of this. And it's like in New York and I'd always dreamed of that. And then she had booked me in some other shows and um, linked me with uh, the owner of the slipper room who booked me. And then, you know, I ended up meeting gal and like cheeky Lane and like, yeah. And like all these performers. And I was like, wow, this is, um, this is really cool. Cause it's like people I'd, um, just only met online that I was able to meet in person. And so, yeah, it, it really changed my perspective on like coming together, you know, as a, a community and that, you know, you can be a part of multiple communities and sub communities, you know, which is like I felt like I was part of the burlesque community, but then to be a part of this like sub burlesque community of like specifically Asian burlesque, who Definitely have like, you know, their I guess own kind of way of dealing with burlesque, or like just yeah, I guess just being Asian and maybe having like different ways of being raised and like kind of cultural pushback on Mm -hmm. sexiness or what it means to. Um, perform in this way and is it bringing shame on your family et cetera, et cetera? Um, like these so to see all of these really brave performers come together like this was really um changed my my perspective so um fast forward to now uh during lockdown it's like i'd been um co-curating with cyber clown girls And I was really craving, like, I guess I was doing a lot of work on, like, my own personal ancestral healing and really working on my own voice in terms of subverting stereotypes and kind of flipping tradition on its head. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I guess... um, yeah, just thinking of how I can bring together my two worlds, which have always been very separate, which is performance art and burlesque and stripping. Uh, so I just feel like it was really cool to be able to kind of like put all of those people in a show. Calamity was there last night.
0: Oh, good. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, she performed yeah. last night. So I, yeah, I just, it was really cool to. bring all of those communities together and just kind of do this i don't know online ritual on this full moon
0: yeah i have so many questions for you right now um um, well first of all you had a pretty large group of people watching last night yeah
1: i was really yeah pretty humbled by that
0: (laughs) yeah for a zoom virtual strip club over 120 computers viewing at one time that's that's a large number i've seen a lot of virtual strip clubs and that's that's a large number this
1: this was promoted on uh in the asian burlesque community so i basically um gave out the password to like any poc performers could sign in and just participate um so yeah and pearl noir uh reposted and just like a lot of is that um, a big
0: account or something
1: uh pearl Noirs it does uh the noir pageant in new york okay and it's like a huge advocate for poc performers so I, I was just really grateful and like honored to be it was shared on like a lot of kink events um
0: oh amazing
1: yeah so it was like shared by a lot of people there was like a a large amount of um asian viewers in the audience Mm. and so i i I don't i don't know what has so some alchemy some magic happened that it was was like shared Um, so many times by like so many people in like the asian performance art community and just like asian burlesque um yeah that i was like i don't know
0: it well, yeah, I mean, there's full was like 10 <laughs> of us watching you in our backyard. So, even though that, yeah, was that was... A computer that counted for 10 people, so you had a lot of you had more than 120 people there. You probably had close to 200, quite honestly. If you think about there's more than one person behind a device, you know, right? Some of the devices had a couple people exactly. watching, so yeah. Um, and the performances were like so incredibly stunning. And what I really was inspired by in your show is that some of them were pre-recorded edited videos mm-hmm. and then some of them were live performances. So I, I really enjoyed the back and forth of that. Um, but some of those edited videos were like the, the production quality was through the roof. Who who are these amazing artists that you brought on this show? I mean, the, the rope, the aerial rope. Yeah. But not just, and I want the audience to understand, not just aerial rope, like what you, if you're an aerialist, you know what aerial rope is. It's like aerial bondage. Right. Aerial rope bondage. Live, live. Yeah, <laughs> like tying herself up while hanging from the ropes at the same time. Live. It was incredible. Who are these? Tell us who your guests were. So
1: I met Joyen at Asian Burlesque Extravaganza. Um, She's from the Philippines. Uh, She was live from Manila. It was uh, 10 a.m. when she started the show, when we started. And I think by the time she performed, it was like 11 a.m. there. So yeah, we became friends and it was kind of this dream. Like I just wanted to bring all these people together and I kept telling her, she came to one of the cyber girls and I was like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if we could do our own show and just yeah. like really feature you, you know? And so yeah, she sent me that video and um, I, I want to make sure I say this right, but it was... Dedicated to the ghosts of all the Japanese women murdered in horror movies, and so it was called Bloodlust. And then, um, yeah, her aerial act was like amazing. Like I was just like blown away
0: yeah, by like number. all these
1: performers. So Caroline is built that big cage. Was like very. Someone said it was like very David Lynch. Um, vibes yeah. and uh we had collaborated on a a project that was basically like rewriting um korean mythological history which is often very patriarchal so um i had made her uh the mask she was wearing and then we'd been kind of like collaborating and she created that video and did all the editing built the installation um and just did all the projections and the editing. Uh, she was also playing like Korean bells, and like the word she was speaking was a poem she wrote, um, about the Kumio character, which is like a nine tailed fox in Korean mythology. And so it's just like really layered and, and deep. And uh, Ibuki um, was the buto artist, and did the calligraphy video before and
0: yeah, she did calligraphy on a maxi pad. Yeah. Red calligraphy, red Red calligraphy on a maxi pad. pad. And I was, and I was just so enthralled in the painting of the calligraphy that it took, it was like a a full minute in and I I picked up (laughs) my head. I was, and I looked at my girlfriends and like, Oh, she's painting on a maxi pad. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, I just—I said, did you guys know that from the beginning? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I just got it. Oh, oh my God! Zoom out—it's a maxi pad. <laughs> yeah, she—I
1: mean, she's been studying um, butoh uh, for many years, and so I. I've just like been a fan of hers, you know, online. And then she came to one of my shows and we met in person. And I I don't know, just like all these people and, you know, Bessie Snow who did um, the Japanese song and then uh, the dance, Uh, Wang brought her in and Wang brought Dia in. And so it's like just collaborating on this like curation was so cool because, you know, I just think we both brought really amazing artists on that were like doing this work, you know, this kind of like deep work, but then, yeah, figuring out a way to present it. um, Yeah. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And even the name of the show Sacred Wounds is so deep, you know, um what what was the meaning behind that like what was the the message that was that you as a collective were really trying to put out there
1: so um i had a tarot reading with my friend kira mm-hmm. and i was like taking on a lot of stuff at the time and i I just kept getting all these like wands cards. Like there were like 10 of wands. Like like, you're like taking on a lot of stuff. Like the card is like a person carrying all this stuff on their back, all these wands on their back. And I was just like dealing with so much stuff. You know, sometimes when you don't want to deal with your own stuff, you just take on a lot of other things. So, you know, anyways, so she's like, "I, I think you should, uh, I don't know. I'm just feeling like you should get your Akashic records read and like referred me to a friend of hers. And
0: what are Akasha records?
1: Akashic records. Um, it's, I, I don't want to go too much into it. Cause I don't know too much about it. I literally went into it like just trusting this process. Huh, okay. But it's like, bringing up a lot of past life things gotcha. okay. that kind of show up in this life
0: okay. that
1: aren't being worked out. Got it. Um, so I got it read and, uh, anyways, the, he said, um, here is something that I think you should ask. And it was, uh, Like, what are my sacred wounds that I need to address? And it was like, I was working on a film, the first film that I showed. And I don't know, it was like, it took a year. We were working on this thing for like a really long time. And I guess, I don't know, it it was one of those things where it just was like, oh, that's it. That's what we're all working on as a collective. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It was like an intuitive thing. Right, I was like, Oh, that is it, that is what I am working on, and I think that anybody that is working on that, um, should be a part of this show, yeah, because I want to transform like my personal healing, I want that to translate to the audience, yeah, and also I was like, I just want to be Kayla and Coco, like, I don't want to have these separate lives and worlds anymore because the time that we're in now it's like I think that's why I love doing these shows where we are donating and
0: yeah
1: do you know what I mean because it's like I don't have to separate my lives anymore (laughs) yeah like you can care and you can do all this work oh and you can also entertain people but you can also tell them uh what you believe in yeah like just put it all on the table this is what i believe in this is who i am like this is what i care about and uh i want to really give you a good show (laughs) that's been thought about
0: yeah yeah and we could tell you know that really translated through the screen it was great it was really, really
1: beautiful. I'm so glad you came. Oh, my gosh. I was i actually like, oh, I should invite you because I'm going to do your podcast the next day. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh, no, that's true. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. I'm so glad you did too because I, I um sometimes get so caught up in my own day-to-day minutia that I'm not actively looking at what's happening next. So I really do appreciate things like that being brought to my attention because –
1: I do too. I actually love when people personally invite me to things, but I, I do kind of feel sometimes like, oh God, am I just spamming people? <laughs> you know? No,
0: it was just a simple invitation, one that I could have said yes or no to, you know? And um, and I was excited and then I kept thinking about it and I was like, hey guys, I'm supposed to watch this all Asian show <laughs> tonight, which sounds amazing. <laughs> Should we put this on the projector in the backyard? And before I knew it, there was like, 12 people in my backyard, and I was like, well, everyone wear your masks. Like, we were all in our masks and everything, but it, like, grew like wildfire. I announced it at four, like, three or four. The show was at seven.
1: Right. Which we did early because there was right. New York
0: people. Oh, totally. But I had a crew, like, a fat crew in, like, three hours just by saying – so funny. – I gave, you know. I can just imagine. Hey, guys. So <laughs> – <laughs> There's this thing. <laughs> no, the thing is, is they all know like what I'm up to, so it's 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 not unusual at all, you know. I, I do that all the time, and then I signed on to
1: Reagan's Show after. And while I was making oh. tater while I was making tater tots, I was like in the chat room, like, "Wow, that was great."
0: <laughs> we were we were there too at the <laughs> Cyber Clown and Girl Show right after.
1: I didn't even see who was in the room. I just was in the chat. So that's yeah. so funny.
0: Um, and you know, I just have to say, like, if if you're listening and you're not watching these virtual strip clubs, I'm talking cool cats online, cyber. Oh, Cat I love cool girls, cats. Now sacred wounds, which I hope you're doing more of eventually.
1: I think we're gonna do a monthly.
0: Okay, great. So for I'll- now,
1: for now, because that's what I can handle. Yeah. But uh, and I I. I Want it to grow organically?
0: Yeah, the, the so the Onyx Black Four Twenty show is also monthly. It's also monthly great monthly. Yeah, and then the, you have the um, the East London Collective ladies on the other side of the pond and Sanctuary Land. Sanctuary, I mean, yeah, or a Sanctuary Virtual Strip Club. There's so many out there, and they're incredible. And it's I was saying last night. I kept looking at my friends saying this is just high quality TV. This is there's right. This is the best thing on TV. I'm so impressed with all of our friends. I know. And I'm so impressed, but we kept getting shout outs and I would look to my friends again. I'm like, isn't it so fun when they give you shout outs on TV? (laughs) We just like, we loved it. It was so fun. Such a good thing to do as a group. Such a good thing. It's I, I'm just,
1: yeah, I mean, I just when I like step back for a minute and sometimes just like attend things, it's just so cool. Um, yeah,
0: yeah I wanna I wanna just briefly talk about one other thing before we wrap because um, you know, I just think that in today's climate with the racial tensions, you know, you and I have had conversations about that, this, is that there are some groups that tend to be kind of not examined as closely. Um, And Mm -hmm. I I want you to speak on that. You're the expert in this area. So I don't want to, I'm going to end there. Do you feel comfortable (laughs) talking about that? (laughs) Um, You mean not examined?
1: like as racial groups or just,
0: yeah, I feel like there, there's been so much conversation, especially lately, um, you know, about black and white and that's not what our communities are, you know, and there's just so it's on black and white is what I'm saying.
1: Right. And I, I actually, before I even go into that, like want to
0: quickly highlight,
1: uh, my friend's organization who we talked about last night, which is the office hour project, um, which is organized by, uh, sex workers and social workers. Basically. Um, what they do is they help people have conversations about anti-oppression. And I just think it's so brilliant. Like we're going to donate some money to them. We're going to book some sessions with them because I still need help, (laughs) you know, because somebody the other day, because I do consider myself a person of color, like in that community, but I've been told that I'm not based on the shade of my skin. Like I've been questioned like, well, you're not a person of color, but the, the term, um, is just you know kind of a blanket term of non-white and so i i do relate um i do feel like you know that is my community i do say poc i am a poc performer um in, in terms of activism like i guess What I like about the office hour and what I like about what's happening now is that there's conversations. Like it it you can absolutely be an activist, like you can be a multi-layered activist. Yeah, you know. So as an Asian person, I am one hundred percent Black Lives Matter. And I can also be, you know, an Asian activist for my community. So I just think that you can be both. You can be, you can be an activist also for women in Turkey. Right. But still be an Asian activist and a Black Lives Matter activist. So I don't, to me, I think it's like you can do all the things. Yeah. (laughs) Because we all need to understand that like, you can't just do one thing and feel like that's enough. Like you have to be, do all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how I feel like, you know, you can address things in your own community, but like you need to understand like how they connect with all of these other communities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of work to do. A lot of things to learn.
1: There's a lot of work to do. Like
0: I'm still learning every day. I'm like,
1: what can I read? Yeah. Whose page can I follow? Yeah. What can I repost? Right. <laughs> am I doing enough?
0: Right.
1: Do you know what I, am I saying the right terminology because things change? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, I'm still like trying my best, but like yeah. every day I'm like, okay, what's changed?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do I need to learn? And I'm not always like perfect, you know?
0: Yeah. Of course not. None of us are. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that.
1: Yeah, I know I like it's like that. complex. It and is so I think, yeah, I think the activism that I, well, Wang and I were doing last night with Sacred Wounds was like, this is addressing um, the performers, um, in the Asian community.
0: Yeah. Um, it was powerful. I look
1: forward to the next one. Yes, I do too. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. Um, is that I think that you can be powerful, um, on many levels.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. you. Want to be fabulous, just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips.
1: Don't ever underestimate like the power of your personal story, and uh, that—that's power. Like that's all you need. <laughs> you know because if you do that you don't have to copy anybody Mm. you work from that yeah and there's gonna be someone out there that resonates with and then from there that's all you need
0: yeah that's great so
1: basically be yourself
0: yeah no that's great (laughs) get ready for our rapid fire question round it's time for four for one have you ever peed in public and gotten caught? Yes. Mm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever yelled at a customer on stage? If so, what did you say?
1: I said, don't fucking touch me because he tried to grab a lock of my hair. Do
0: <laughs> you play any instruments?
1: Uh, I play a few, but not well. What do you play? Uh, I play piano, and recently uh, purchased the dulcimer, <laughs> hammered dulcimer.
0: What is that? <laughs> oh my
1: God! <laughs> uh, it's it's um uh, wood. It's a wooden instrument yeah. with strings. Yeah. And it has these um, hammers. Like- okay. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> I wanted to learn uh, traditional Korean music so uh-huh. I could do be the topless dulcimer player. But um, I just, by learning curve with it is really bad, so I need to get better before I embarrass myself.
0: I can't wait to see a- And part. my culture. <laughs> Yeah. Last question: What's considered a luxury experience or item that just does not appeal to you?
1: Oh God, most of them. Yeah, I can't really yeah like most luxury things. Um, I don't know. I I don't really care that much about cars. Um, or or nice clothes. To be honest, I think um this sports bra was left in the dressing room in a giveaway bag
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah same bud uh i wouldn't even be able to pinpoint one thing either because i'm just like "Eh, i don't care you
1: know i don't yeah i don't really care about clothing or stuff but yeah Yeah. spas Eh. yeah all right Uh, they're nice yeah i'm not like i wouldn't say no but I'm not dying without right. them. Although, you know, like sports massages, those are nice. But when you're, like, physically active performer, those are just kind of necessary.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't even see that as luxury. Yeah. Well,
0: you said it. You're amazing. This is... I'm so glad we finally did this. I'm so glad we finally did this
1: too, yeah. because this is probably the least nervous I've been because it's you and I've known you for so long. Because I don't know, sometimes I just, I've done like a few things like this in the last couple of years and I'm always just like, I feel like a hot dog, you know, or <laughs> just <Yeah. laughs> not yourself at all. Not funny. You're like monotone, not cracking any jokes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I um. I think that's one of my favorite things about it is I get to highlight all of the amazing people that I've built friendships with over the last two decades. And so, and then make new friendships too. So thank you so much for sharing your story and your art and your skill with us. Um, And please tell everyone how they can follow you and find out more about what you're up to.
1: Um, my Instagram is coco.ono, my personal Instagram is kayla.tange, and the new show Sacred Wounds is sacred.wounds, and for the fourth one, Cyber Clown Girls, at Cyber Clown Girls, if you want to follow any of those shows, it's, they're all, all the shows are super fun and
0: Awesome, yeah! Make sure you tune into any one of those shows—they're amazing. And thank you so much for tuning into this show today. We love that you're listening, and we'll be in your earballs next week. <laughs> Bye. We're now accepting 4-for-1 submissions from our listeners. You can send them in via Instagram at Podcast or on Twitter at yesastripperpod. Make sure to follow all the things and email any questions or concerns to Podcast at gmail.com. Tune in every Wednesday. See you soon.